There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I love watching scary movies, and so I watch them so that you don't have to, and we are officially in spooky season! Spooky season! (laughs) Wow! October! Oh my god, the spookiest month of all. Oh my gosh. And we have a little bit of haunted housekeeping. Because of October, we're doing another Halloween live show, you better believe it. Yeah. <laughs> what will our costumes be this year? What will they be? I've got one idea and it's not great. <laughs> I have zero ideas. I have zero ideas as of right now. I don't know, you guys. Yeah, mine is a little TBD as well. I feel a lot of pressure since last year. I really went all out with my <laughs> last year was amazing. It's hard. It's hard when you set the bar just so dang high. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what I can we'll come see. up with. We got, you got a few weeks to, to figure it out because, hey, when's that? When's that freaking live show? This live show is going to be on October 29th at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. We are going to be joined by horror respondent Paul F. Tompkins again. Our Halloween buddy. Second <laughs> annual Halloween show. It's now a full tradition. And we are going to be talking about The Pope's Exorcist, which I'm very excited for. I think it's going to be a really silly good time. I'm very excited for Russell Crowe's Italian accent. You better believe we're going to be doing Italian accents throughout this podcast. Oh, yeah. So if that sounds enticing to you, which how <laughs> could it possibly not? <laughs> you are going to want to get a ticket at moment.co slash TSDW. It's going to be a spooky good time. If you're available on that spooky good night, join us freaking live. As usual, there will be a video available of our show for uh, the next week. Yeah. Next week. Yeah. So you can buy a little ticky. Go out, have your Halloween weekend fun. Treat yourself. You can even watch it on October 31st if you wanted to. Really spooky Halloween night, as we all know. Um, (laughs) So get a freaking ticket we had so much fun last year with paul it was just the best and this i got high hopes for this one i think it'll be just as great if not better <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see we'll, we'll have to see 
Um, will Henley have a newborn? Will Henley be nine and a half months pregnant? Will Henley be there at all? We, it's really, she's, we're playing it fast and loose <laughs> with Henley's body and Henley's offspring. And so you're not going to want to miss wherever we're at on October 29th. But you guys better believe that if I am present, I will be bringing the goods as in AKA a child. <laughs> AKA child. No, no, the child's not going to be present, but some (laughs) details about exorcism because I'm going to give everyone a little peek behind the curtain about what it's really like to be a priest doing an exorcism because Tim, spoiler alert, Tim has a actual priest mentor who has done exorcisms. And I can't wait. So we're gonna we're gonna hear about that. Oh my god! Uh, at the live show, yeah, Incredible. which I'm excited. To, I'm really excited to talk about. Yeah, hopefully, you know, I'm present for that. I can't wait. I I'm, so so. I'm so excited. Also, Henley, what if you named your daughter the Goods? <laughs> <laughs> Emily has been trying to name. I'm trying my to name child. her so hard. I do want to thank everyone who voted in the poll. Um, it seems like Tony pig face, wig face is the final decision. <laughs> and it's, that's set in stone. There's nothing else you can do about it. So that's that. Yeah. I don't know why you're still coming up with names. It's kind of stunned. <laughs> there were some people in the comments who were like, I can't believe she actually crowdsourced the name of her child. And <laughs> it's a hundred percent serious. <laughs> Binding, Dang, I'm really binding contract. Into- yeah, sorry. <laughs> Pig face, wig face. Can you imagine <laughs> on the birth certificate? I voted for it every time. They wouldn't let you. They wouldn't let you write it on. They would. They would kick you right out. Yeah, that's a good question. Do they have laws about that? I feel like some reporter just did this and named their baby something crazy just to see, and then no, they did. I think they have to let you do it. Yeah, I don't think they're allowed to to not. Let you put whatever you want on there, right? Yeah, probably. Because how would who would be dis- the deciding factor about what crosses the line? Exactly. That's a, that's a real slippery slope. It's very funny to just have it be like a nurse just be like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm excited for this live show. I'm excited for our costumes. I'm excited for Paul. Whatever they may be, everything is looking great. Everything's looking great. I can't wait. (laughs) And uh, other than that, did anything scary happen to us this week? Well, last night we had some friends over, Sammy included, to watch the season premiere of The Golden Bachelor. Mm -hmm. um, Which, if anyone is not familiar, is the newest season of ABC's The Bachelor franchise. And The Bachelor is 72. And all of the women are in their 60s and 70s. And I've got I've got high hopes. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous that Gary is not built for this. Um, I don't want to see a 72-year-old man torture. Go through an emotional breakdown. Um, which we're already seeing bits and pieces. He's already cried a lot. <laughs> Wait, he has? Well, tell me well, more about it, this. He's, he's cried about his, his wife's passing. His wife died six years ago. And it's a really sad story. And... It, he cried while telling it and it was very sad and um yeah i'm i'm like not looking forward to seeing uh gary emotionally tortured 
but I am excited to see these women in their 60s and 70s bond. I hope they're nice to each other. Anyway, that's not what I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about is we were having people over to watch The Golden Bachelor. It was a plan. We were excited. Talked about it for weeks. We ordered a bunch of food. Midday yesterday, I got a text from Joel that said, well, our TV died. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just wouldn't turn on. Completely dead. Done. Donezo bunzo. Um, and so Joel went in the afternoon, bought a new TV, brought it home. <laughs> I got home from work at 7 p.m. And Joel and I had to take our TV off the mount, take the brackets off, get the other TV out of his car, bring it in, reinstall it, get it up on the mount. People were coming over at 7.30. And so one by one, our friends came into our home with like all our furniture spread out, a big TV face down in the middle of the living room. We were meeting a friend's boyfriend for the first time. And it was just like, hey, guys, come on, come on in. Welcome to our kid. We were both like sweaty. I didn't have a chance to shower after work. Just it just was a real Joel kept saying it felt like a living nightmare where you're like people keep coming to your house and you're like in a some sort of dream sequence where it's like I had to buy a new TV and I had to put the TV up and then people kept walking in and then I'm trying to have you know there's just a lot there's just a lot going on was but, it an old TV how old is it well TV? it was about six it was about six and a half years old and through some research Joel learned that the lifespan of a TV is like four to seven years which feels like total bullshit that is fucked up that is so fucked up Truly, the TV had been being very annoying for a while. It's like, making it would, me nervous because my TV does the same. It'll like turn off randomly yeah, while I'm watching like TV. Just sort of freeze. freeze and I have to re- we have to reset it. We would have to reset Fuck. it like all the time. Yeah. I'm sorry. To, sorry to say, Sammy, because it had worked. <laughs> We'd watch TV on it the night before. We watched TV on it every night. <laughs> and then, you know, next day, not not working. But now we have a new TV. They just keep making these things better and better, you guys. It's thinner. It's lighter. It's paper thin. Razor thin. It is absolutely... I cut myself out. It's uh, (laughs) putting it back... uh, Like, taking our old TV off, I was like, this thing's massive. Putting the new TV on? Oh, my God, a breeze. Um, And Joel, the blacks are super black. Joel's really excited about that. It's OLED. OLED. It's OLED. OLED. (laughs) OLED TV. Um, But now I'm sitting in the office where we have our giant old TV just in the middle of the room and a bunch of boxes and I'm like I don't know what the fuck we're gonna do with that yeah it was just a whole to do that I was not expecting and it's really crazy that sometimes you just have to like go buy a new TV in the middle of the day and just be like I guess I have to make a big purchase now getting rid of old electronics is like my it gives, it's so me a, it gives me a lot of anxiety. Like I have a printer in my car that's broken that I'm just like, I'll just keep it out of sight, I guess. Out of sight, out yeah, of mind. I'll just move it to a different location. I feel bad to throw it in the trash. But also, where else does it go? I think I can There's take like it places? to like Staples. And I'm, th- I'm wondering if we can take our TV to like a Best Buy and be like, you deal with it. You take it. <laughs> you have this is for you now. You have TV now. I don't know what we're meant to do. <laughs> If I, you know, and but just FYI, we got an open. Joel's really excited. We got an open box price on our new TV, half off. So go, keep an eye out for those deals, you know. So kind of scary, kind of scary. Do anything scary happen to you guys this week? I have two vessel-related things, <laughs> and one of them is just a little. Um, 
disturbing, I guess, which is that they oh. announced that there is a Titan submersible movie now in the works. Oh, <laughs> oh are you kidding? No. Oh, no. Is it starring like Bradley Cooper? I feel no like he would star in it. casting announced yet, but... You know who would... No, Jeremy Renner's going to star in it. Oh, oh my that's God. That's another good one. I can <laughs> see Jeremy that Renner's for sure. Jeremy Renner's definitely going to do it. <laughs> so, you know, oh, obviously wow. I'm going to be seeing that movie, but I just, you know, I don't feel happy about it. I don't feel great about it. (laughs) Yeah. It just feels like, you know, too soon. It's a little too soon. Some might say in the same calendar year is way too soon. Way too too soon. soon. It almost feels like a crazy thing happened and people died and somebody went, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it it feels like. It was an immediate, ooh. Mm -hmm. Yay for me. Also, because that's the type of news story that was huge for a very short period of time. But by the time this movie comes out, it's going to be like, wait, what? You're making a movie about this? Also, it's like not, what is this? What's the, the who's our hero? What's the story here? You know? <sighs> yeah, I'm very yeah. skeptical. I'm not, I don't, I don't love that. Don't news. love that. But uh, something that I forgot to talk about was not this week. It was, in fact, not even this month. So I'm really, oh really God. cheating here. But it just felt like something I should have spoken about, which was that while I was in Sweden, in Stockholm, I went to a museum called the Vasa Museum, which is a big vessel <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, that they built in. It's a it's a big old ship. Yeah, it's a big ship. Does Vasa mean vessel or is the ship called Vasa? The ship is called Vasa. I think maybe both. I, you know, don't ask me too much. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Um, But the ship, it's so funny. Okay, it was built in the 1600s and on its maiden voyage setting out to sea. Oh, no. (laughs) It sank within minutes, like... Truly immediately after setting sail, a a slight breeze blew in and and tilted it slightly. And it uh, the little holes where all the cannons are supposed (gasps) to come out just started immediately filling with water and it sank immediately. And 30 (laughs) people died, which is very sad, but it's so funny that it's just like... (laughs) You, it took like two, three years to build this thing, and you guys, nobody caught that. And it's like we <laughs> built ships before. Yes, we did. And <laughs> ships were kind of the main thing. They literally put holes in the bottom of the ship in the wrong place. I mean, if you're going to put holes in the ship, you got to put them in the right place. You got to <laughs> put the holes in the right place. And I think it had to do with the ballast and the, um, the bottom of the boat not being wide enough. Oh my God. Also, like, that history has deemed it a slight breeze is so cruel. Brutal. Yeah, brutal. People felt really the need brutal. to be like, hey, it was also like not even a big thing. <laughs> it was like a, <laughs> just a regular day. Wind. It's just, just like, a slight yep. breeze, a sort of thing that I think at that time ships need. Yeah. In order to move. <laughs> yeah, it had sails. It did have sails. So so that's tough for Vasa. That's really tough for Vasa. <sighs> but uh, I turned into a 
absolute lunatic in this museum, just (laughs) like so delighted and fascinated. And in the gift shop, I had to be restrained from spending all of my money. (laughs) I wanted everything. I didn't have room in my suitcase. That was really the main deterring factor. But yeah, I bought a shirt. I bought a mug. Stateside Vasa Museum. Yeah. Yes, I do. I got, but I, I, I did get a shirt. I got a mug. I got a dish towel. I got hell yeah uh, postcards. I got. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I got more. Oh, matches. <sighs> I got a nice. lot of stuff. But if you are ever in Stockholm. You, it's a must-see, folks. Not even just for vessel heads. I have heard that everybody loves this piece. It was packed. Everyone was loving it. Everyone was having a good time. I have heard <laughs> everybody loves this piece. <laughs> I've heard tell that everybody loves it. Uh, oh, and I guess I should say that they I didn't explain this part that they. 300 years later were able to excavate it so in like the 60s and 70s it was lifted from the bottom of the bay and so the ship is on display they like restored it to near to its former glory and it's a really stunning ship and it's just very cool that they were able to to do that it's really mind-blowing that's very cool yeah so vasa museum so I highly recommend. Check it out. Oh my God. That's so in your brand, Sammy. I mean, I feel like being in Stockholm, going she to a vessel, a vessel museum. You guys, there's so many Damn. vessels in Stockholm. It's crazy. They're everywhere. Uh, they're everywhere. They're wow. everywhere. There's a literal um, leaf blower right outside my window. I'm so sorry. Also, my nose is running nonstop. I am just not in tip-top podcast shape right now, you guys. Oh, and I no, apologize. No, Mike. We'll take you in any shape. No, Mike. No, Mike. I got my <laughs> fucking phone. I'm like, wait. Oh, no. Wait. Yes. I need to sneeze. I'm not sneezing. <laughs> wait. No. Wait. It's coming. Yes. Um, okay. What I want to talk to about, I've already told you guys, but I feel like I just need to reiterate it here for the public because this isn't public knowledge and I feel like it needs to be public knowledge and I feel like word needs to spread and it can't be a secret anymore. <laughs> if you give birth at the Greenwich Hospital, they give you a lobster <laughs> steak dinner and a bottle of champagne afterwards. <laughs> unbelievable. When I, so Tim went to some kind of gathering and came back, I didn't go. And he was like, someone told me something crazy. And I, <laughs> they told me that they give you lobster and steak. Oh my God. My nose is like literally running. Sorry. After you give birth at the Greenwich hospital. And I was like, that must've been a joke. And he was like, that's what I said. I said, it must be a joke, but it didn't seem like they were joking, but that must be a joke. Right. And I was like, absolutely. That's no way that's real. I go on to do some, you know, on the ground research, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Every mom I'm meeting, I'm asking, is so this real? How was your lobster instinct? <laughs> oh, it's real, baby. It's real. It is real. And you I'm can, sorry, so lobster and steak. You can choose one. You can choose oh, lobster. Oh, sure. That both would be insane. Or steak. It's not surf and turf. Obvious, of course. <laughs> of course, you know, your husband gets lobster, you get steak, you can share. The thing that's so You can crazy make your own surf this, and turf. 
So many things are insane about this. So like just lobster in a hospital, lobster hospital, hospital, lobster, lobster hospital. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> just went straight to a visual of a hospital where everyone's lobsters, even the doctors. No, <laughs> what, if that was, what if that was the lobster to hospital pipeline? Is it lobsters coming for injuries and then they don't know that they're going to your dinner? You're on the menu. Psych. <laughs> um. But also, it, it's well-known <laughs> knowledge in, like, Eastern um, societies, not in Western societies, but in China and, like, Asia, they're very good about taking care of women after giving birth. And a huge part of that is eating only, like, warm, nourishing meals, like stews and soups. Porridge and, and oatmeal. And, yeah. yeah. And, like, things that are also returning very specific nutrients to your body that you've lost and like the last thing that's going to help you feel better is eating lobster or steak like that's not what's going to help you it's so unbelievably funny that they're like well but we're rich so lobster but um anyway i'm gonna be giving birth at the greenwich hospital I'll let you guys know how the hospital lobster is. I'll let I, you know I, how it is. I can't wait. It's so, it is like, it's, it would be a perfect joke for someone to say like, oh, we're in a hospital. They probably give you lobster and champagne after you give birth. And it's like, yes, they do. Correct. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to keep blowing my goddamn nose over here. I can't <laughs> wait to hear about this movie. Well, let's get into it without further ado. Uh, this week we are going to be talking about Deep Red came out in 1975 and for all of October, we're going to be moving through the decades. We're going to do, we're doing a seventies movie this week. We'll do an eighties movie next week and you do the math. You can figure out the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we just thought it'd be a little fun. You know, why the hell not? And we've done a lot of the staples seventies horror movies already you know we've done alien and texas chainsaw and so i figured um why not dip back into some dario argento we've had we've covered a couple of his movies we did tenebrae and suspiria suspiria might just be a bonus episode i can't remember if it's on the main feed but if it's if you want to listen to that episode, you go to patreon.com slash TSDW podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Deep Red was directed by Dario Argento, written by Dario Argento and Bernardino Zapponi, starring David Hemmings, Dario Nicolodi, Gabriella Lavia, uh, oh, I don't know how to say that, Mach Merrill and Carla Calamai. And it is streaming on Shudder.com. Ooh! Highly recommend checking this one out. This is another Giallo film. We talked a bit about it with Tenebrae. Mm. And I think these movies are very fun. They're just a little refresher on Giallo. It's a a type of film that was popular in the late 60s through the 70s and a little bit into the early 80s in Italy. And the things that characterize these films where they're kind of like slashery movies. There's there's a, a killer on the loose kind of uh, murder mystery where a non-police 
detective person gets wrapped up in it and is trying to solve it. So a, a, a layman, should we, shall uh, we say, a layman. should we, shall we say, uh, there's usually some leather gloves that the killer wears and Fun. lots of blood, but it's that very neon red blood, not deep red blood. <laughs> oh. Is it also, are the colors also just generally kind of very vibrant and bold or is it just the blood that is? Uh, I mean, a little bit. I feel like that might just be Dario Argento because Suspiria has that mm. as well a lot. And Suspiria is not a giallo film. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I think possibly there's usually very violent deaths. And um, a lot of people consider Deep Red to be like the giallo film. This is like, oh, oh that's exciting. Okay. This is the one. Great. Um, yeah, I'd been excited to watch this movie for a while. It's been on my list forever. It has a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, 89% on Metacritic. I feel like that might be like the highest we've ever seen on Metacritic. Metacritic wow, wow, wow. very rarely goes above the 70s. And a 7.5 on IMDb. So also pretty high for IMDb. Pretty high for IMDb. IMDb is just, what's going on over there? <laughs> Was it so? I know nothing about Deep Red. Was it um, scary? Like, was it really scary, or was it more just? More I think like there's some scary scenes, but I experience. think you could probably handle it. It's okay. Uh, more fun. I if th they feel more like murder mysteries to me, like Agatha Christie. The name, yes. Ooh, yeah. The name Giallo actually comes from. Um, the, those types of books were printed with yellow covers. Giallo means yellow. And so. Giallo. That's mm -hmm, cool. Mm -hmm. So it's, was inspired by those types of books. The budget and gross were very hard to find information on. And sure, sure. I just think it's very funny when Wikipedia does this, the budget is listed as 3.7 billion Italian lira. And mm. it says it made six hundred and twenty nine thousand nine hundred and three U.S. dollars in the U.S. It's just like a kind of I don't know what strange way <laughs> to to put this information yeah. in here. <laughs> All right, sure. So yeah, do with that what you will. Um, I think this is very funny. After the success of. Dario Argento's next film, Suspiria, I think came out in 77. This was 75. But this movie was released in Japan under the title Suspiria 2, <laughs> even though oh. it has nothing to do with it and came out before <laughs> Suspiria. Like Suspiria T-O-O. <laughs> kind of like Suspiria. Also, it's like that. Also, if you, you know, maybe do this, maybe do this one too. <laughs> really made me laugh. And this is the first film that starred director Dario Argento's longtime partner, Daria Nicolodi. She would appear in his next five films. They I can't I don't know if they were married or not, but they did have a daughter together, Asia Argento. And uh, Daria Nicolodi recently passed away. Rest in mm. peace. She's incredible. She's also in Tenebrae and she rules. Uh, and another reminder that the score for this movie is by goblins. <laughs> <gasps> oh, 
goblins. Oh yeah. Cool. Ooh, is it time to watch the trailer? Uh, yes, let's take a peek at this trailer. It's kind of a long trailer and it shows a lot, but I just think it'll be fun for you guys to have some sort of visual while we go through it and to hear some of this score by Goblin. By the Goblins. By the Goblins. Because <laughs> the music in this movie is so crazy. Like, if you showed me any scene of this movie in, on mute and said, what do you think the score in this scene would be? There's no way I would ever come anywhere close to what it is. And it's it's wow. amazing. But yeah, I'm just very excited for you to hear the score, most of all. It's so rare that I'm I go, I wanna see the trailer. Let me see the trailer. So this is nice. This is nice. Yeah, this feels nice. good. This feels, feels good. good. Feels good. Let's take a look. Getting closer and closer to the most unnatural kind of death. Beyond shock. What was that? Beyond horror into total terror. Murder runs wild. Blood runs cold, deep red, everywhere you turn, death is running with you. This is this wow. is fun. I'm excited about this. <laughs> wow. That was scarier. All- yeah, scarier than Chucky, for sure. The music's great. I'm very excited. Um that first shot of the water pouring out of that woman's mouth. Oh my god. Joel does a bit sometimes. He thinks it's so funny to take a sip of water and then just let it all pour it, out it of his like he it's so funny and every now and again he'll just i'll turn over and he'll take a sip and go <laughs> and all the water will come out and it gets me every fucking time and that's all i can think about it was like oh she's doing that funny bit that's pretty early on and that's what sold me immediately i was just like i'm into this i love this <laughs> i love this <laughs> wherever it's going i do not i associate that with any kind of a bit and so i found it extremely distressing Ooh, i did not like that's it that's fun okay you gotta see joel do it sometime because it's very funny <laughs> i'm sure joel would turn me around on it but <laughs> he I was would like, turn you right around i was like this freaks me out i don't like seeing but it is this. weird i mean it's not yeah it shouldn't be. It's it shouldn't not right. be that way. It's, just it's not, not right. It should be that way. Water should go. It, it, it take a direction. Stay you want it to keep going. Stay you know? Yep. Yep. Um, but okay. Now wow. with your with your visuals and your audio idea of what the song is going to be, because it plays like f- fucking funky groovy music throughout funky all groovy. the all the kills. I'm gonna be yeah. I'm like it's really fun. 
It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. We all come home after a long day of work and what's the first thing we do? We take off our bras because they are uncomfortable and constricting and we're just ready to get out of them by the end of the day. Well, what if I told you that Skims has changed all that? Skims has done the impossible and created an underwire bra that I actually forget that I'm wearing. I didn't think anybody could do it. You guys obviously know how much I love Skims. I have tried many of their other products. I've never been disappointed, but I, yeah, just don't normally love an underwire bra. I prefer bralette, but I've loved everything else I've gotten so much that I thought, you know what? Why not try an underwire bra from Skims? Let's just see. And they did it. They did it, folks. They created my favorite underwire bra I've ever worn. I have the weightless scoop bra. It has this nice like mesh material that's supportive and comfortable, breathable, but still very sexy. And yeah, like I said, I I do genuinely forget that I'm wearing it. And that is very rare. I, you know, I'm a broken record over here. I love skims. I love skims. I'm sorry. That's just the, the cold hard truth. I will shout it from the rooftops because I want everybody to know. I want everybody to share in my joy and my comfort. So shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H, plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And if you haven't yet, be sure to let them know that we sent you after you place your order, select podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. (laughs) (laughs) It's in my head and I love it. Great. All right, let's do it. 
Let's do it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Okay, and I will say that I wa- it's very hard to find the original version of this movie, which is two hours long. Uh, basically, everywhere in that I could find has the American version, which mm. is an hour and 40 minutes. And so there's 20 minutes cut out. I don't know what those 20 minutes are. So we're talking about the hour and 40 minute version here today, folks. Folks, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. You know what I thought, too, in that trailer? I was like, I bet this movie would look really great on our LG OLED TV. It would. Those blacks, those crisp blacks. Wow. Almost feels like we're being sponsored by LG OLED TVs. (laughs) LG OLED TVs. Okay, so we start with some music playing. It is... A children's song, kind of a little spookyish children's song mm. that goes la 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 la. Gorgeous! <laughs> I loved it. I and loved it. While this is playing, we're seeing a living room with a Christmas tree mm. and someone being stabbed, and we can't quite make out who or what I think it's in shadows and you hear scream and then a bloody knife drops to the floor and you see a child's feet walking up to the bloody knife cut to black. Mm. Uh, there's so many times in my notes where I just write sick fucking score. Like the music, uh, score. the music that comes in here, fucking rocks, whatever it is. <laughs> and then we come up on a uh, a theater where people are watching three people on stage speak. This is the European Congress on Parapsychology. They are Mm. talking about how bugs use telepathy to communicate with each other, certain certain types of moths or whatever. And one of the guests on this panel, Helga Ullman, has a gift for telepathy. And we're going to hear her speak. And... Helga has... Do you think that'd be cool or totally suck if you had it? I think it would suck. It would suck. I've never wanted it. It would suck. I've never wanted it. I've never wanted it. (laughs) Yeah. No, I think it'd be too much. I don't... I don't want... I don't want it. Mm -mm. It's too much information. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I just imagine my feelings getting hurt all the time, thinking, hearing what oh, people... Sammy, no, <laughs> that's not what would happen. Everyone's thinking about how dumb I am. No. My main character syndrome is just like, they're all thinking about me. <laughs> and it's bad. 
god <laughs> my main character syndrome is like what are they thinking about me <laughs> they're thinking hmm. about what are they really thinking about me you could use it to get super rich obviously there would be a obviously. way to you that's know monetize that for sure monetize it and that would be if you could turn plus. it off and on that would be that's one. the key that would be great but i don't know if you can no typically i don't think you can Anyways, this lady can't, <laughs> but she does set out some of the parameters, which are that she can't, uh, you know, t- tell the future or anything. She can hear thoughts as they're being thought, and she can see images as they're happening. She can't mm. see in the future, um, but sometimes if thoughts are like very strong, they can linger in a place for a little little bit, but... Also, she has these very piercing blue eyes and a sharp blonde bob. Oh, I loved her bob. Yeah, she's stunning. And she does a little demonstration with one of the audience members like you, sir. I can tell that you have, you know, your hands on keys in your pocket. And he pulls it out. He's like, oh, my God, she's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she looks like she feels something negative. She's kind of, you know, clutches her chest like <gasps> like she's gotten getting a vision there reaching are you okay helga helga what's going on and she says i can feel death in this room a twisted mind she's having a bit of a a fit like she's overcome with these thoughts these horrible thoughts that are really disturbing to her and the man next to her uh hands her the cup of water and tries he's like here here Have some water. Drink this. It'll it'll surely go down. (laughs) It'll come right back out. This is what happens. That's really funny. The water comes right back out. (laughs) And she has this thousand foot stare as she points to somebody in the audience that we don't see. And she says, you have killed and you will kill again. Also, I think similar to Suspiria and maybe Tenebrae, I can't remember, the actors are speaking English. I was about to ask. Also dubbed in English. I think it might he might do the thing again where he's not recording native audio. He's just dub- dubbing it later. And so it's matching up mostly. And it's a very weird effect because it's... I don't, it's kind of like the voices don't match the faces, but their lips are moving roughly the same time. Anyways, just a, mm. another little uh, adds to the adds to the vibe of the movie. And Helga also mumbles, "There's a there's a child singing in the house, a child in the house, and I'm scared, I'm scared." And we see a POV of someone in the audience getting up and like shuffling out, which I think is very funny. <laughs> like they're <laughs> just being like, "Ooh, ooh, <laughs> wrong conference." <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Part of me. about bugs. <laughs> this won't draw attention to myself this to be the only attention. person <laughs> to get up and walk out. Yeah. <laughs> And they walk into a bathroom and vomit and we're hearing the sounds of the retching and they go to wash their hands. We see a man walking by saying, you know, can I can I help you? Are you okay? Do you need anything? And the mirror uh, in this bathroom is very dirty and so we can't Mm. make out who it is. But they say, no, the person walks away and then this person puts on those leather gloves and now we see the conference has ended and Helga is still a little um, stressed and 
uh, trying to make sense of what she saw. And we see uh, the killer watching her from the wings of the theater. Mm. And then there's this kind of cool sequence where it's these very close up shots of creepy children's toys there's like a voodoo doll made out of this brightly colored yarn and some child drawings of violent scenes there's uh you know it's just uh, music you better believe is rocking as we're seeing all okay. Okay. <laughs> and we see the killer putting on thick eyeliner then we see that Helga has gone back to her house, back to her home, and is uh, on the phone with a friend when she hears the same child song that we heard in the beginning. La, 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 la. <laughs> and she hangs up the phone and she looks scared and the doorbell rings and she's walking slowly towards the door and she's reaching for the handle and she pulls her hand back before she even touches mm. the handle. Like she knows something bad is about to happen. She's maybe hearing some some bad thoughts Ugh. at this moment of the other person on the other side of the door. And they break down the door. They kick it open and have a meat cleaver. Oh, and chop her neon oh. blood spurting it is Ugh. very violent that's the at the end of helga damn yeah that didn't look that didn't look fun no and now we cut to our protagonist marcus he is a jazz pianist he's british and an expat wow and I was thinking about how piano players are kind of common in horror movies, too, as a protagonist. I feel like we had it in The Changeling and I think Audition. Audition. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of that I, one. I don't... Was she or, our protagonist? True, true. She left a mark. She left a mark. Or was no. he the... He might have been the piano player. I can't remember. And Orphan. Vera Farmiga Orphan. plays piano. I think in Insidious. So does Orphan. Orphan oh, right. plays piano. Right, right. Uh, so anyways, just another little common career there. Either You're either a writer or a pianist. <laughs> uh, so Marcus is walking through the empty streets at night. I think they're in Rome. And he runs into his friend Carlo, who we see as a drunk that's kind of leaning against the wall looks pretty wasted mumbling and he's trying to help him up trying to get him home he's like all right carlo and as they're getting up they hear a loud woman scream and turn and see Hel the, the the helga's final moments as she's calling for help uh, like through the window of her building and we see the killer behind her with the meat cleaver one more time it smashes the window her body falls forward and it i think slits her throat on the glass Ugh. of the window so she's kind of half Gross. in half out of the window marcus runs up to the to the building this is his building this is his neighbor we find out oh and bummer. runs in and she has all these very scary paintings on the walls there's 
um, lots of paintings of all these faces that look kind of ghoulish. He's walking through all this, noticing this, and then finds her. The killer is gone. He absolutely gets his evidence all over this crime scene. He's just like <laughs> right, destroying right, exactly. it. He like lifts her up. He's moving her well, all he's around. A after all. <laughs> he's not a detective. <laughs> Why does he move her? I don't know. Okay. To see if she's alive, I guess. But he just is tossing her around. It just oh my God. <laughs> he'll do this in in many crime scenes to come. Tossing her around. He's like, just want to make sure nothing's underneath of her. Like, yeah, get basically. her in a comfortable Yeah. <laughs> and the police eventually arrive, and they're interviewing him, and. The police are portrayed as, you know, kind of idiots. And so Marcus feels like he's knows better than them, which, yeah, maybe, maybe he maybe. does. And he tells them he feels like a painting is missing. He's getting this sense mm. that one of the paintings he saw is gone. And he tells them he saw a man walking away in a brown coat. So we just have a, a couple pieces of information. They kind of write it down like, okay, thanks. Sure. <laughs> and while they're in there, in comes Gianna. This is Daria Nicolodi. She is a reporter and she comes in with this, this bright, bubbly attitude to the crime ah. scene. She's like, hey, boys, type of vibe. <laughs> great, great, great. <laughs> Everybody else here is me are men and clearly they don't take her super seriously and are a little bit condescending to her. And she has her camera with her. She takes a photo of Marcus says, Oh, are you the eyewitness? And uh, she's trying to get the story. Uh, they finish up at the crime scene. Marcus leaves to go home and he goes to go check on Carlo again. Carlos back outside still like drunk and he tells him I could have sworn there was a painting that's missing they don't seem to think that's anything and Carlo is like maybe it's something really important and Marcus is like what 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 do you mean and it's clear that this man is very drunk and you know maybe didn't mean anything by it but it sticks in Marcus's mind maybe it is important mm. uh we see the uh, funeral, Helga's funeral happening the next day. Well, I don't know, probably a couple of days later. Uh, and it's a Jewish funeral, which I just thought was interesting. Don't see a lot of Jewish funerals in film. Gianna and Marcus are there and Gianna's pointing out Helga's acquaintances. She like knows the, um, who everybody is. And it's the two met to, she points out the two men that she did the conference with. And says, basically, those are the men who who she was with last and they might know something like that. She identified a murderer at the conference. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so they decide to team up Marcus and Gianna. They're going to kind of try to figure it out together. And there's a very funny scene where after the funeral, Marcus gets in Gianna's car and her passenger seat is really low. So he looks like tiny and very uncomfortable in the front seat uh -huh. of the car as she's driving. And she's like, Oh yeah, sorry, it's broken. And it's this moment that's kind of humiliating and maybe a little emasculating. And they do a lot of 
commentary on on mm. that sort of like gender dynamics and gender politics and stuff. So I it's it's uh, an intentional little moment to I feel like make him a little look a little silly. So they go and they talk to the two guys and the two guys that were at the conference and they say, yes, that she had seen a vision of a murderer and that they that she pointed at someone, but that they couldn't see who it was because the lights are bright in their eyes and you can't really see the audience. But they did notice someone get up and walk out at that moment, but they couldn't see who it was. So not much of a lead. Gianna and Marcus go back to one of their places and they're kind of going over the case and getting to know each other a little better. And he asks her, you know, what got her into becoming a reporter? And she says, you know, I think women need to be independent. It's important to me to be independent. And he immediately goes, oh, don't start with me with all that woman crap. Like women are different. Men and women are different and women are just Uh (laughs) he's like they are they are weaker and she's like weaker and he's like well gentler and she's like let's arm wrestle (laughs) and challenges him to an arm wrestling contest immediately beats him like he like touches her hand she beats him and he's like no no no, i wasn't ready i wasn't that's not fair you cheated two out of three and so they do it again and he he, they're like you got to keep your elbow here follow the rules don't don't start until i say start you don't trick me (laughs) (laughs) and so they do it again and it's you know they're trying to trying to arm wrestle and both of them it's like they're doing pretty she's a matched opponent it would seem and Eventually, she wins again, fairly, and he, again, points at her elbow. You lifted your elbow up. That was cheating. That was not... You didn't do it. And he's, again, clearly humiliated by this incident and decides he doesn't, he doesn't want to work with her anymore. He's going to do this alone. He know, they never... He's like, I never agreed to, to do this with you, and she's uh, annoyed. What a loser. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. He sucks. Yeah. So now he's working alone and his next stop is he's going to go talk to Carlo again because he's probably sobered up by now and we can see if he remembers anything. And so he goes to Carlo's house and Carlo's mom answers the door. She is this very eccentric woman who is like, oh, come in, come in, come in. I've heard all about you. You're the engineer, right? Carlo's engineer friend. And he says, no, I'm a pianist. And she's like, oh, my God, an engineer and a pianist. That's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) And, And it's clear that she's a little lonely and she's excited to have someone to talk to. She's like, I used to be an actress. So we're both into the arts. And she has all these photos of herself as an actress on the walls. And he's you know like yeah yeah where's Carlo is Carlo here (laughs) and she says oh no I forgot Carlo's not here he's at his friend's house at this address and gives him an address so he leaves goes to this address and a man dressed as a woman answers the door this character is actually played by a woman but it's interesting because I forgot about this, but in, I think it was Tenebrae, there was a trans actress in that as well. And I just think it's interesting that Dario Argento in the seventies was, there was just like queer representation in his films. And 
you know, uh, we'll talk about it a little more later, but I feel like Hmm. It's just no, he was asked about it and he was like, yeah, trans people exist in the world. So why wouldn't they be in my movies? And imagine that. Yeah. Just, I wonder if he knew a trans person personally growing up or something. Yeah, maybe. Oh yeah. It does seem like a a pretty rare, a very like progressively casual perspective to have by a man in the seventies, especially like in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he, Marcus thinks he's at the wrong place, but then this uh, this char- this character's name is Ricci. Ricci like waves him in and says he's not in a good way. Carlo is he's always drinking, and when he's not drinking, he's you know really sick. And hmm. um, so Marcus comes in, sees Carlo in the bed and Carlo's now humiliated that he's found out that he's gay as well. He's like, Oh God, now, you know, I'm like drunk and gay. And, um, Carlo is, is seeming, yeah, not in a good way. And Marcus gets him up and it's like this very tender moment between Carlo and Ricci where they, I don't know, they just like say goodbye. It's very sweet. So now Marcus and Carlo are walking through uh, the streets again, and he's asking Carlo, do you remember anything? Did you see someone with a brown raincoat walk by when you were down in the street that night? Carlo says, yeah, vaguely, but, you know, I was really drunk. I don't really remember. And he's like, why are you getting wrapped up in this anyways? Like, if I were you, I would probably stay away he's like you've got your picture in the paper because gianna took the photo of him so now there's a photo of him in the paper and carlo basically says you know be careful this is probably not a good idea yeah uh then marcus goes home and he's playing piano and this is a pretty scary scene he hears La, 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 la. And we see a d- the door to his apartment slowly opening. We see some leather gloved hands reaching <sighs> in. And Marcus hears this and cleverly continues playing piano with one hand while he grabs a like heavy statue bookend type thing with the other with the other hand so he has a weapon and it's cutting back and forth between the killer getting closer and him he's got a little bead of sweat dripping down his forehead it's very tense and then there's a jump scare the phone rings right at that moment and he jumps up and is able to lock the door to the room that he's practicing in and he answers the phone in a way that I thought was really uh, realistic, where he's like, whoever this is, I'm in trouble. I need help. And like, there's a killer in here. That's really smart. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's Gianna on the other end of the line. And she's asking, what? What are you talking about? And she, he says, the killer is in here. The killer's here. And we hear on the other side of the door. You're safe for now, but I'll kill you sooner or later. <laughs> it's pretty creepy. creepy. It reminded me of the Black Christmas whispering. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yuck. Yeah, it's 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 creepy. Uh, so now he, 
the the killer leaves. He's dodged dodged it this time, and he finds he tracks down the children's song that he heard, mm. which I think would be very hard to do, but he somehow does it. He finds it, and he then goes back to the two uh, panelists that she was with. I can't remember their names. Jordani is one of them, and the other one, meh, doesn't matter. <laughs> and he goes back to them, and he he plays the song for them and says, I heard this song. Do you think... This has anything to do with it. And they say, yeah, well, she did mention that there was a child singing. And this part's a little weird. The other guy says she also mentioned a house, like the child in the house, singing child in the house. And the guy says, and actually, now that you mention it, I was reading a book the other day, a modern ghost story about a haunted house with a child singing. <laughs> Maybe you could track that down, which just seems like such a coincidence, <laughs> such a coincidence. And also, it just really is bizarre. And I don't know how one thing led to another here. But while you're watching it, it kind of makes sense. But then in taking notes, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you're like, well, that's so convenient. Great. Yeah. Um, and so he goes to a library and finds this book that has this passage about a house that people hear child singing from, and it's a real house and real people have heard it. And, and so it's not like a ghost story. It has a picture of the house. And so he rips the picture out of the book and he... Excuse you. <laughs> no, rude. It's a library book. Check out the book. Yeah, that would have been... That's not better. okay. But he doesn't do that. He rips it out and uh, now this is his next lead. He wants to find this house. And first he decides he's going to talk to the author of this book. And so he calls Gianna who I guess he decides he wants help from now and then because she has, you know, access to more information as a journalist. And she's being a good sport about it, I guess. And he says, I need I need the address for Amanda Rigetti, she's the author of this book. And we see we go to Amanda's house and she lives in a very isolated part of the Italian countryside. It's very beautiful, um, but maybe not a great location if there's a murderer on the loose. And we see her saying goodbye to her housekeeper for the day. She's now home alone and she walks back in and there is a doll hanging from a noose in the middle of her living room. Oh, boy. Not good. What is it with these dolls? I don't like you all do this child. See I that. do not like all this child imagery. No thanks. Yeah, and she tries to go to to call the housekeeper. Housekeeper has already gotten on the bus. She's down the road. Oh, no. Nobody's around. Uh, so she goes back in to her uh, house, which is pretty dark darkly lit and there it shows the shot of her closet which is very dark and there's a like really dark corner of it and just one eye opens and you see 
the whites of just one eye, which is very funny. It's like a very unsettling image. But now again, now that I'm thinking, like they just open one eye. That's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> so uh, she's, you know, moving through the apartment. She's on edge. She we see that she has some birds and the birds are freaking out, squawking. She finds a, a knitting needle. She had been doing some knitting earlier. So Ugh. she huddles in the corner with the knitting needle uh, ready to use as a weapon. And one of the birds gets out of its cage and flies right at her and impales itself on this knitting needle. It just basically flies oh, okay. right at her. Right onto the Yikes. needle. And she screams and, and gets up and runs. And then eventually sh the killer comes out from the shadows and grabs her. And it's kind of a it's this is a pretty scary sequence. And she tries to crawl away and they eventually end up in the bathroom and the killer turns on scalding hot water. Oh, yeah. I saw that in the trailer. Ooh, to be like drowned in scalding hot water. Ooh. Oh, that's so gross. Yeah. But I did like those 70s Italian fixtures in the bathroom. The bathroom I was, was a beautiful. fan of, of mm. the bathroom. It Has was beautiful. Like mirror walls, which is fun. Ooh. And. Uh, she's, yes, being drowned in this boiling hot water. The killer's pulling her back up every once in a while, and we're seeing her face get progressively more oh. red and blistered. Oh, I, oh, I hate that. I hated that in the trailer. Yeah, I did not like that. Until she's tossed down on the floor. She's still alive, but dying. Oh. And uh, sh the room has filled with steam, and so she reaches to the mirror where she's laying and starts writing something on the wall. And the killer notices this and opens the windows, turns off the tap. And so the, all the steam goes out so we can't see what she has written. Um, so a little later... Marcus arrives by himself at nighttime now, which is, I think, kind of a crazy thing to do. And once again, strolls in. He immediately immediately crashes into, I think, the birdcage, knocks a bunch of stuff over. <laughs> just God. such a, He's a pianist. Makes such a mess. <laughs> He's a pianist. Classic pianist. Ugh. Um, Again, goes to the uh, bathroom and finds the body touches everything <laughs> it's just, just contaminating the hell out of this crime scene sees that she's pointing in a weird way to the mirror notes that as that's interesting hmm. and then leaves <laughs> okay sure sure yeah He's like, I, I've done enough. Yeah. And then we see a little montage of him speaking to landscapers and architects trying to ID this house. Can, can you recognize the uh, trees in this? Where would those trees be? Is he's doing pretty good, pretty good research here or investigating. And he does narrow down the area where these plants would be. Someone I think re remembers 
um, selling this certain kind of tree to only one person or as they, they, he's gotten a pretty good idea of where this house might be. And then he talks to Giordani again and is telling him about the author dying and mentions how she was pointing to something and he found it strange and Giordani, there's a moment in this conversation where I think Marcus says, do you think they discovered the body by now? Like, motherfucker, you didn't even call the police, which. (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) He really doesn't trust the police. I mean, I guess. But also, you got your DNA fucking everywhere and you and you were like, well, I'll wait for them to discover this. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I just was a little shocked to hear that. Um, anyway, so now he goes off his, on, on his own again to find the house. He does find it. It's gated. The walls are really high. He won't be able to get into it on his own, but it has a sign of who it's, it says it's for lease by this person. And so the owner of the building, I guess, lives next door. So he goes there to talk to him to say he was wants to go inside this building. Um, meanwhile, we see Giordani is going to the author's house now after the police have already been there and left and the housekeeper is there now cl- cleaning up the crime scene, which I forgot that this is true, right? When there's a crime that happens, oh, you yeah. have to fucking clean it up. Yeah. yeah. That's why there are those services where you hire people that specifically yeah, you pay you're responsible them. for cleaning it. That's That's so fucking, that is fucked up. So fucked up. Uh, So she lets Giordani in and is talking to him about, you know, it being a traumatizing thing. And she's scrubbing the bloody fingerprints away off the Mm. sink and everything, which presumably are Marcus's fingerprints because (laughs) the killer wears gloves. And... As she has the hot water on to scrub and clean things, it starts fogging up again. Giordani notices, turns on the bath as well to steam it up quicker and finds the writing on the wall that just says it was. And that's all she managed to do. It feels like you should have written the name first. (laughs) We didn't need the it was. It was is too much. We didn't need that information. A name alone would have been suspicious. (laughs) It was. (laughs) So another dead end there. Back to Marcus with the owner of the house and his creepy little daughter who's kind of watching them and smiling all weird. And uh, he agrees to give him the keys to the place like, okay, you can go uh, look. And he's like, my daughter will take you and don't. Don't stay too long. People say it's haunted. People hear things from it. Like, just be careful, basically. And as they're walking away, he calls his daughter back. I think her name's Olga. Like, Olga, get back here. And she comes over and he slaps her. And she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, don't. I told you to never do that again. And she's looking kind of evil. 
and walks away and Marcus is like, what was that all about? <laughs> What's going on? Are you is she's like, oh, don't worry about him. He's crazy. And we see at the dad's feet is a lizard with a needle through its head that's writhing around <gasps> dying. And this is another situation where it's like they, they did this for real. This lizard. There's no fucking no. way. And they did. And Dario Argento did say he regrets doing it, but you did it. But you still did it. And I just hate it. I feel like I watched a a movie called Come and See recently, which we have had requested for the podcast, but I don't think we'll do. It's not a horror movie. It's a a very devastating uh, war film. Oh, no, thank you. And there is a scene in which they kill a cow. And I in that also was like, oh, they did it for you really can tell easily when they're actually killing Mm. an animal. And it's done for the sake of realism. It takes me right out of it. I'm immediately thinking about the filmmaking now and that you did this for real. So, yeah. I mean, obviously this was like 70s and 80s and they don't do this anymore, but just just bums me out. I yeah, don't like that's, it. That's very difficult to watch. Yeah. Uh, so now he's exploring the house. I wrote again, score fucking rocks. Uh, he yeah. is finds this part of the wall in a room that looks a little different from the rest of the wall. And it's a a drawing that's covered with another layer of paint or, or um, like plaster. And so he starts peeling away at the wall, revealing a drawing behind it that we see is a drawing of a child killing a person. With a big bloody knife in their hand. Oh, jeez. I think little girl Olga calls out to him like, it's getting dark. You should get out of here. And so he leaves. And after he's left, we stay on the drawing on the wall. And another piece of the wall falls off, revealing a third person in this crime scene. Hmm. Uh, so now we Wait, what do go you mean back a third to, person in the crime scene? Like someone else who's dead? Well, in the drawing. Oh, in, in the, the drawing. drawing. Okay, 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 okay. Child killing with a bloody knife, but then another person there. I see, yeah. I see. Okay. And we go back to Giordani now, who is presumably at his home and... Uh, we had seen a POV shot after he left the author's house of the housekeeper after she says goodbye to him turning and looking as if she sees somebody watching her and then the camera like Mm. pans away so implying that someone else was there and so now Mm. Giordani has been followed to his home no and he's sitting in his study and from he's hearing noises he's hearing a child song probably Mm. and from the entryway to the room comes it this you saw it in the trailer robot child animatronic (laughs) doll looking thing that looks like a little child butler to me little 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 two little teeth Two little teeth and really arched eyebrows. <laughs> Not a friendly doll. The person Not who made good. this wasn't trying to make him look friendly whatsoever. Mm-mm. No. And he picks up a knife or letter opener or something that's on his desk and smashes the doll's head with it. 
doesn't know what's happening, looks very scared. And then from a curtain behind him, out pops the killer, grabs him by the back of the head and starts slamming his open mouth onto all (gasps) the corners of the room. Corner of his corner of his desk. Corner of the fireplace. No, no, no. no, That is messed up. It's nasty. No. No, no, Reminds me no. that kill in John Wick three where he puts the book in his mouth. Ooh, yeah. Or American History X. Yeah, American like History X. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. No, it's bad. <sighs> and then, uh, but this to to be just to paint a picture doesn't look as horrifying as any of that. It's. Not the greatest effect, but it's more mental. I feel like you just are imagining what that would feel like. And so it still is effective. It's not good. And then Giordani is, you know, dying and collapses on his desk. And the killer picks up his letter opener and stabs him through the neck with it. Giordani. Bye-bye, Giordani. Bye-bye. We go back to Marcus, who notices something new in the photo of the house that we don't know what he's seeing, but he's looking at it saying, how did I not, how did I not notice that before? Mm. He looks reinvigorated. He's got a new lead. Leaves a note for Gianna. I'm going back to this house. Gives her the address. Goes back there. I think it's nighttime now. And Mm. he uh, has to climb over the fence now and he's climbing up shimmying the outside of the building we see on the photo there is a window on the house that is not there anymore and so he says the the window has been sealed and so he's brought mm. a pickaxe he's brought a pickaxe with him and he scales the outside of the building to where this window would be whoa and starts picking away, smashing away the wall, revealing that there is something in there, some some bl- blocked off room. And the music here is so crazy. This is the scene that really it was shocking. The music that was chosen <laughs> for this scene. I, I mean, it's so fun. All of the it's it's absolutely delightful, but it's. It's just really unexpected. It's really <laughs> unexpected choices. Anyways, it's a little tense. He, he, you know, it's an old building. So he, he f- f- loses his footing at one point. It gives out underneath him and it's, he falls and drops his flashlight and it's, mm. uh, not going well, but, um, I think he gets the flashlight back and he, he breaks into the house and he, f- you know, triangulates where the other side of that window would have been and breaks down the wall there and finds a preserved room with a decayed corpse in it. Whoa. And as he finds this, he is hit in the back of the head and knocked out, cut to black, come back up. We see him coming back to consciousness Close up on his face, some hands are on his chest. Camera raises up slowly to reveal Gianna with her hands on him. And he turns and sees the house is on fire. It's being burned burned down. He's out of it, confused, and 
asks what's happening. Gianna says, you, you gave me the address here. You told me you're going here. I came here. I, f- I found you. Like, I don't know what mm. happened. But yeah, we were a little suspicious. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was suspicious of her from the moment he said men are or women are weaker than men. And she laughs and laughs and laughs. And oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I had my eye. You got to be. I mean, it's like in an Agatha Christie. You got to be suspicious yeah, yeah. of everybody. Everybody. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's always who, who you least expect. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he doesn't look too suspicious of her, but he's pretty out of it. And so they go back to the owner of the house's house with the little girl, the guy and dad and the daughter. And he, they're calling the police. Gianna is saying there's fire next door. So we need, you know, assistance. And Marcus notices a drawing in the little girl's room that matches the drawing that was on the wall in the house. Oh yeah. And is really aggressive with her, like snatches it. It's like, what is this? Like a Nicolas Cage Wicker Man situation, <laughs> just like screaming at screaming a little girl. Screaming at children. Where, where did you find this? Where did you see this? And she's like, I came up with it. And he's like, that's impossible. Tell me the truth. And through screaming at her, it works. She finally, yeah, of course. <laughs> it always works. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Uh, that <laughs> she tells him that she saw it at school uh sometimes as punishment they make her clean the archives of the school which is again there's some real weird things that are like i guess okay <laughs> a way to find the next clue <laughs> so she tells him the name of the school he goes there Gianna goes with him and they find a cabinet labeled like drawing archives, which I I don't think <laughs> sure. any school has ever had that. Sure. <laughs> uh, but they're going through all these all these drawings now and trying to see if they can find the one. And Gianna hears something, looks out into the dark halls of the empty school at night. It's like, I'm going to go check that out. I'm like, hmm. I don't know about this. Either don't do that or you're the killer and you're Mm -hmm. going to get changed. She goes off into uh, the school as he finds the drawing. He's found the exact one. It is a child with a bloody knife and a person and another person also like a a bleeding dead person and another person also there. Mm Hmm. Um, and then he hears a scream, runs and finds Gianna has been stabbed in the stomach and she's bleeding out. So it wasn't Gianna. She's not, she's not the killer. Mm. And she says, she's talking to him. He's trying to help her. And she says, you know who it is? Do you know who it is? He says, yes, I know who it is. I found the drawing. I know who it is. Hmm. He's... Uh, knows the killer is there with them. He's calling out into the halls. There's no use hiding. I know who you are. I know who you are. And camera pans and we see... Guesses? The little girl. Henley? <laughs> Giordani. No, Giordani's, Giordani's dead. dead. 
The bird. (laughs) (laughs) Who was the person in the beginning? The other person in the end? It's Carlo. 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 Yeah. (laughs) And Carlo says, I told you to stay out of it. I didn't. I really like you. I didn't want to have to do this. Yeah. He has a gun. Carlo has a gun pointed at Marcus. And the cops arrive at that moment and start shooting. And uh, Carlo runs. And as he runs out of the school, there is a garbage truck driving by and he stumbles in like almost in front of the garbage truck. And the garbage truck has what looks like a metal hook. The the uh, like a oh candy cane shaped metal hook off the side of it, which is seems extremely dangerous. Yeah, and it catches Carlo by the foot, it so he's is. now being dragged behind uh. this garbage truck for a while, and it looks oh my God. as if he dies while being dragged. Um, cause he's screaming and screaming and like bleeding and you'd imagine that that would tear through. Yeah, that would be really bad. He's not quite dead and they turn a corner and he Ah! slams his head into the pavement. Jesus Christ. These deaths are so gross. All of these deaths are so disgusting. (laughs) And that, that alerts the drivers that there's that that does it they didn't hear notice it before but then they stop the truck and see him and he's still alive barely moaning and then another car comes and drives over his head (laughs) (laughs) hey look if you're gonna unknowingly hook a man to his death on the side of your garbage truck. Really lucky for you that it turns out he was a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. And so the cops basically see, find out that this has happened. And they're like, all right, great. Yeah. Case closed. Perfect. Uh, And Marcus, we see now is at the hospital finding out Gianna is going to make it the surgery was tough, but she's so strong. She's gonna pull through. Stronger than a man. Stronger than a man. And seems like it's all over. And then Marcus is going home, walking back to his uh, apartment, which is the scene of the first crime. Mm. And as he's there, he remembers, wait, Carlo was with me when Helga (gasps) was killed. Oh, there's another person. It couldn't have been Carlo. And so he goes upstairs. He breaks the police tape. It goes into Helga's apartment again. He's still gnawing at him. That picture, that painting that was missing. What the heck is going on? Let me see if I can find anything. And he's he goes in the house and he's looking at all these, again, like really disturbing paintings on the wall of faces, these pale faces, and he finds a mirror and realizes he didn't see a painting that first day. He saw the killer's face in a mirror (gasps) and very funny to confuse a mirror with a painting. (laughs) And, uh, you know how memory works and you can just Pull it up like a photograph. Of course. Of course. And we see. Is it Richie? It's Carlo's mom. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so that drawing was Carlo as a kid and his mom and a body. Oh. Oh. I knew that mom was going to come back. I knew it. Like, okay, psycho. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And Marcus turns and Carlo's mom is there in her brown raincoat and her little fedora and her <laughs> yes. leather gloves with her meat cleaver. <laughs> Get in. Of course it's the mom. She's like, you bastard. Carlo never killed anybody. He was just trying to protect me. Aww. We get a flashback to the opening scene of the movie. Now seeing it uh, and it's what really happened. We see it's Christmas time. Carlo's a little boy and uh, his mom and dad are talking and his dad is saying to his mom that she needs to go back to the hospital. She's saying, I don't want to go back there. I'm not going back there. The oh, dad is saying, man. the doctor says it's for the best. Like you need to, you need to go back there. And he goes into the living room with his son who is playing la, 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 la on the record player. Mm. And the mom comes out with the meat cleaver and stabs him or no, it's just a regular knife. But stabs him and Carlo is witnesses this and the little child actor does such a heartbreaking performance of his little lip quivering as he he picks up the knife afterwards, the bloody knife. And it's just like so <gasps> sad. That's so oh. fucked up and sad. That's no wonder so sad. he's a drunk. And yeah. when he's not drunk, he's so sad. Yeah, he has witnessed something. Poor God. Too much. It's too much. It's too much. He got killed by garbage truck. Yeah, it's not a good way. Not a good life. Carlo did not, not have a good, good. life. Ugh, and the moment where he's saying goodbye to Ricci, they look like they want to kiss, but like Carlo is embarrassed to kiss him in oh. front of Marcus, so they don't oh, kiss. And that's so, so they don't sad. It's really, really devastating in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we come cut back to the present and now Carlo's mom is attacking Marcus with the meat cleaver. They, uh, he grabs her arm. He's trying to fight her off. They stumble out into the hallway where there's an elevator that has that metal grate that you have Ooh, to open and close one of those yeah. old timey elevators and her necklace gets caught in it as <gasps> she f- f- stumbles and she's trying to rip her necklace out and he sees this and he presses the up button And so the necklace starts tightening and tightening around her neck. She's screaming, trying to pull it off, and it decapitates her. Oh, that is one hell of a strong necklace. No, this is a really, really high quality necklace. That's what it is to yeah buy good jewelry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It'll cut your head right off. Cut your head right off. (laughs) (laughs) And we see the necklace being, or I guess it's going down dripping in blood and Marcus's face being reflected off her a pool of blood on the floor and the credits come up you have been watching Deep Red <laughs> that's Whoa. the end of the movie whoa yay yay Sammy Sammy yay you it's very fun and yeah well, how satisfying um I think uh, another interesting thing is that at the time 
you know, obviously trans representation is in a lot of other horror films and, you know, after this and before this, that they're the ones you can't trust and they're the killer mm-hmm. in the end. And so I know I was worried uh, when mm-hmm. I guessed that maybe it would be Richie and I'm so glad it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so I think he Dario Argento is using that against the audience to be like, you're going to expect that it's the it's the queer person because they're morally wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, well, the the gay person and then the potentially trans person. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, no. Nope. It's the mom. Moms are disgusting. Moms are always the ones. <laughs> you should have suspected the mom all along. There's a mom here? Well, it's her. <laughs> well, if you get like one little scene of a creepy mom, like that mom is coming yeah, back. Duh, it's the mom. It's going to be the mom. I should have known. Yeah, a, nut, a beautiful progressive message. Women can be psychopath killers as well. Women women can be strong. Women can be murderers. <laughs> women can do anything. Women can do it all. And I love to see that mm-hmm. on screen. Me too. It's inspiring. I, wow. Yeah. What a fun start to spooky season. I'm exhilarated. That was, that was great. That was great. The thing about that movie is that... It wasn't too distressing, but also the kills were very surprising. The way yeah. that they're killed is very unique. Very like Final Destination-esque. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I also love the like dragged by a car, then tossed around a corner, <laughs> then driven over. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're doing it all. And we're that's kind of traditional in the Giallo films. They're... they're uh, less or more inventive kills and Dario Argento I guess had said that he wanted the kills to be something the viewer could imagine feeling like most people haven't been you know shot or stabbed so he tries to avoid that and he's like but people Mm. have like been dragged by a car stubbed (laughs) their toe on a corner of a desk and might know what it might feel like to hit your face on a corner of a desk or have your be submerged in boiling water you've probably burnt yourself or like get a really bad like skin your knee like being Mm -hmm. you know yay so well this was a great time i loved it great time highly recommend watching if you um are scared of scary movies there are you know a couple tense scenes as there's you know we know the killer is lurking around the corner and you're Mm. waiting for what's about to happen next um but overall it's 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 really fun and i mean i've said it a thousand times but you gotta hear that score by goblins it's incredible goblins (laughs) fucking rocks (laughs) at least just listen to that on spotify it's great hell yeah and yeah we'll be back next week with 80s something from the 80s don't know what yet stay tuned very exciting and we love you guys so much and hope you're having a really great spooky season so far and that it just gets better and better and spookier and spookier <laughs> love you guys love, love you. you and i'm gonna do to the to the tune of la, the la. song <laughs> from all of us here at too scary didn't watch goodbye goodbye, goodbye. <laughs> hi everybody thank you so much for listening to another episode of too scary didn't watch If you enjoyed the episode, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
And if you really want to make our day, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can also follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast. We are on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want even more content, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. We will be back next week with a regular episode. We love you a lot. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>